where do our podcast topics come from? I mentioned before that they generally emerge out of our own personal experiences or those of our clients. We simply pay attention to and listen for themes and threads that show up in everyday life. Then we talk about them with you. For the past six months, a reoccurring challenge with our clients has been delegation. What we've heard over and over again is that there's a real need to delegate better. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And let's be open to the idea that what seems to be a modern problem, perhaps exasperated by a pandemic and its impact on the workplace, is really an ongoing human challenge. The need to effectively delegate has been with us since the beginning of time. That's why we're going to tap into some ancient wisdom to help us today. We're calling it the Moses Method, How to Delegate. This is Rich, and it's time to revive your work. Asking ourselves the question, why delegate? Three reasons. First, it's your path to growth. At its core, delegation is about letting go. Your willingness to let go is the key to your own development and progress. Two, it's how others grow. When you let go of a task, a process, an initiative, or a role, you give someone else the chance to learn and grow into it. An effective delegation process isn't a drive-by dump onto someone experience. If you hear the sound of a dump truck backing up, beep, 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 run for your life. The, here, do this and then disappear practice is almost always a guarantee of failure and disengagement. We're talking about a thoughtful process that ensures someone has a chance to succeed with the task, process, initiative, or role they're given. Third, it makes things better. Effective delegation gives people the chance to improve upon a specific task, process, initiative, or role. And when it comes to creating our podcast episodes, we delegated key roles and responsibilities to different team members. My role is simple. I come up with an idea, write the outline, and record it. That's it. Most of the work that goes into creating a great podcast falls to our teammate, Catherine. In fact, a year ago, when we had no podcast, she was charged with researching the process and making a sample for us. Our podcast process and outcome is better because we let go of much of the process and let Catherine make it better. So next, what traps get in the way of delegation? Also, 
three ideas. First, what we measure. In business, we often measure outcomes by efficiency, and that's measured by the clock, as in how long. There are times when we need to measure effectiveness, which is focused on results. We see this in our personal lives. When my daughters were very young, I tied their shoes. I was very competent, a highly effective shoe tire. And and so I was both efficient and effective. Now, over time, I recognize that they needed to learn how to tie their own shoes. And even though I could get it done fast and with high quality, I needed to let go of that. And I needed to embrace the idea that for a time, shoe tying was going to be slow with poor quality. But then as they started getting older and they started practicing more, their skill enhanced. And the result was daughters that could tie their own shoes, which freed me up to do something else. And if that hadn't been the case, then when they went off to college, I'd be getting phone calls each day to help them tie their shoes before going to class. We get it. Simple concept, difficult to execute. Second, self-preservation. There's a lie we often hold on to. It tells us that if we give away something, we won't be needed anymore. So if, if we give away our knowledge or a skill to someone else, we'll be tossed aside. I once heard of an Asian monkey trap. It's when they take a coconut, slice a thin hole in it, hollow it out, and then secure it to a tree with a chain. Inside the coconut, they put a sweet treat. The monkey comes along, notices and smells that there's a sweet treat inside that coconut, slides its hand in the coconut, and grasps its prize. One time I was writing a blog about this when my niece, Katie, sat upon my lap and asked me what I was doing. I said, Katie, I'm writing a blog about a monkey trap. So I explained to her the concept. Then I wanted to check Katie's cognitive development. That's what most uncles should do. And I asked her, Katie, what's got that monkey trapped? And immediately she said, the coconut. I paused. I said, Katie, are you sure the coconut's got the monkey trapped? She pondered. Then she lit up. The tree. Katie. You're thinking like an adult. Are you sure the tree has got the monkey trapped? A few seconds later, my niece, Katie Palaccio, looked up at me and said, A decision. Wow. Katie, you nailed it. And we're a lot like monkeys. We fail to make the very decision that will free us up to learn something new because we won't let go of what we already have. There's such a sense of safety in holding on that we don't have the courage to take the risk and let go to free ourselves up from our own coconut. It's the very act of letting go that we become more valuable to ourselves, each other and our organization. 
third, the dark side of responsibility. One of the Clifton Strength Finder themes is responsibility. A lot of our clients have that theme in their top five. Like all of our innate strengths, there's a dark side. When the responsibility theme becomes a bully and it extends outside of ourselves, it, it convinces us that we're responsible for people and events we can't control. That's exhausting and it has a high emotional and physical cost. It's often accompanied by a lie that sounds like this. If I want it done right, I'll just have to do it myself. There are plenty of other right and, and maybe even righter ways to do things. By the way, yes, I said writer. And don't judge me. It's a word. And if it's not, it should be. So the point is, when we're self-bullied into taking greater responsibility than we should, we wind up bitter and overwhelmed. Okay, so we've got why delegation is important. We've identified some traps that get in the way of effective delegation. Why are we looking to Moses to help us with delegation? Here's why. As humans, we tend to love new and shiny objects, right? We like when things are labeled new and improved or when we hear about the secret, like the secret to effective leadership or the secret to successful teams or the secret to a happy marriage. There's something so alluring about a new or secretive idea or product that will finally solve all our problems and answer all our questions. There, there's even religious beliefs labeled new age, or there's a new thought movement. And that's ironic because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So when we look at the new age or new thought teaching, we'll find that the underpinnings are embedded in ancient wisdom. That's just like when my daughters were young and, and they thought they discovered a new fashion statement. When in reality, what they stumbled upon was a repurposing of a 1980s style or trend. Like new things are generally old or ancient ideas that have reemerged, or they're a combination of past ideas showing up as something labeled new. So it's, it's with that mindset, the mindset that there is indeed nothing new under the sun, that we search for effective delegation principles in the ancient wisdom of Moses. So let's start with this. Moses was an effective leader, not perfect. Just like us, he is a flawed human. And he's really successful when, it, when you consider that historians estimate the Hebrew nation that he led out of Egypt was around half a million people. So how about after 400 years of captivity, guiding that many people into their new life of freedom? Not a small task. And like so many leaders today, Moses eventually took on too much responsibility. If it wasn't for the coaching that his father-in-law Jethro provided him, Moses would have most likely been 
overwhelmed and undone by an unsustainable work rate. Sounds a lot like today's reality. So let's dig in to these methods. The Moses Method, How to Delegate. If you'd like to read through the examples what we're referring to today, you can look at the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. We'll be in Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 27. Here's the key points. First, how to delegate. It's not about you. When Moses explains his work process to his father-in-law, Jethro, he continually uses the words, I and me. In other words, the process of governing his people is all on his shoulders. And that's when Jethro tells Moses, what you are doing is not good. You will wear yourself out. This is too heavy for you. What a brilliant phrase that most of us will benefit from. This is too heavy for you. Second, let go and grow. Jethro instructs Moses to break the work up and select the right people with the right qualities to help him. You see, it is in letting go, as we mentioned earlier, and breaking up work that Moses will be able to grow himself and qualified people beside him, his team, his direct reports, they will also be able to grow. Third, define the goal and roles. So delegation starts by getting clear on the outcome you want to achieve and and what does success look like. Then keep what you're best at and give the rest away. Ask yourself, what's the thing or the things I do better than anyone else in this process or in my organization or in this task? And focus on those things and then find others who can ask that same question of themselves and give those portions to them. That way, everybody is doing what they do best. Now, these next few steps aren't necessarily part of the Moses story in Exodus, and they're important. So step four, teach, not too much. Be sure people have the tools and skills to succeed and resist over-teaching. In other words, Give them appropriate room to explore. So be leery of going too deep in the how. That's where they might find a better how on their journey to mastering this task or this process or this initiative. Fifth, check in and coach the performance. Decide up front when you'll be checking in on progress and evaluating performance. Make that known from the start and then stick to it. Six, celebrate. Be sure to celebrate milestones and successes along the way. Don't wait until the end to celebrate. Make celebration part of the delegation experience. And finally, step seven, repeat. Do it again. This is not a linear process. It is circular. Effective delegation isn't a modern challenge. And it's not going to go away in the future, regardless of our technological advances. 
as a leader, colleague, friend, spouse, parent, you will need the skill of effective delegation. Tap into the ancient wisdom of Moses by following what his father-in-law taught him. If you'd find value in an additional weekly dose of encouragement, visit reviveyourwork.com backslash blog. That's reviveyourwork.com backslash blog. And consider subscribing to Revive Your Work in your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, give us a like or leave a comment. That means a lot to us. We'll see you next time as we continue our conversation that transcends the blurred lines between our personal and professional lives. Thank you.